The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Intuitive Connection, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Uh, Hello and welcome to Intuitive Connection. Today, we have an amazing guest and someone I've been trying to get on the show for what? Like, I think since we started, so, and I'm just over a year now, but Nicole is, and I don't have your bio in front of me. I just realized that too. So I'm going to make it up. I hope that's okay. Make it up. (laughs) (laughs) Nicole is an animal communicator. Is that how you describe yourself? Yes. That's the short form. The short form. All right. Because I I realized that in my disorganization that I don't have your bio in front of me in a minute, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. But before I, I hand the floor over to Nicole, Nicole is an awesome individual who has this amazing and uncanny ability to talk with animals and also to like connect with the animal's higher self, which I think is amazing and uncommon in the animal communication world. When you work with her, and I've worked with her, which is how I know her, she doesn't just get guidance about your animals, but she gets guidance for you from your animals which is pretty darn special and incredible. And so I'm just so excited to share the magic that is Nicole with you. And Nicole, when you are talking about yourself, can you pronounce your last name too? So then I don't get it wrong. Totally. (laughs) So tell us a little bit how you would have liked me to introduce you and then we'll go from there. Yeah. So first off, thanks for having me. I'm really excited about this because, you know, I love that we're talking one intuitive to the other. And that's always, you know, for me, the most favorite when I can speak with people who work on this frequency that we're working with. And then when we can have conversations. So my name is Nicole Burkholzer. I'm actually originally from Germany, grew up in a way so far away from being even allowed to be intuitive, though in the family we had intuition. My grandfather actually could find water, you know, through dowsing, water lines. And my grandmother was very intuitive through dreams, but it was very hush-hush. We didn't talk about it. So for me, that wasn't an option until much later in life. And so what I loved what you just said, and I don't think anybody has ever put it this way, so I appreciate this so much, is that 
Yes. For me, the most exciting part sometimes is about giving the animal a chance to also inform us about us because they have such incredible energy sensors to tune into us and they can sometimes see exactly where we are going off the path that is maybe our purpose or our path because when we stress, we are not on path. When we're at ease, we are usually on path. And the animal picks that up and goes like, ding, 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 let's talk about this. And that's so beautiful that you just pointed that out because that to me is like so wonderful that we can give our animals the chance because then they can show their purpose. And often their purpose is to help us. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. And it's it's really unique. And I can't say I've worked with a lot of animal communicators, but I do think this is something unique about what you do. Yeah, I think the interesting thing is that I don't go into a lot of conversations of like, oh, does he like the blue ball or the green ball or, <laughs> you know, those more basic 3D things. I love it when a cat informs a late cat who passed away informs the owner who is a veterinarian how to better handle horses and their people in her practice. You know, that's kind of like how far we can go. That goes way beyond, do you like kibbles or wet food? <laughs> right, you know? exactly. And, and Nicole is good at that too. You've been really helpful in helping figure out what my very picky older dog w- <laughs> would and would not want to eat. Yes. But yeah, no, I think that that's the magical piece. And you said something else that I think is so important that I'd love to explore more is this idea that our animal's purpose is to support us. Can you tell me more about that? Did I paraphrase you right or no? Yeah, it's interesting because I have also this fine line between us sometimes asking a lot of our animals, right? Where we use, and I say it in this case, use our animals to be our service animal. Let's just say, right? Service dogs, service cats, horses in therapeutic riding centers, But that's just one thing that we are putting on them, right? Where we say, oh, you keep me calm. You have uh, helped me, you know, gain strength on horseback, let's just say. Or, you know, college kids who can take a cat now to college just because it's comforting. But sometimes the animals have a whole nother purpose. And that purpose is something we don't expect. And so for me to hear that an animal shares a purpose So for example, so client will say, my dog, whenever I stand in the kitchen and I make dinner, my dog stands next to me and looks up and is all like looking at me. What does she want? And often the dog goes, I'd like you to take a deep breath because you're really stuck in your head, right? (laughs) And the person goes, oh my God, that's true. I always do it right after I come home from work. I get busy cooking dinner. So the purpose of the animal can be something that is not something we assigned, but that the animal actually assigns to themselves or innately feels gifted at to offer us. And that's kind of fun to explore that part too. Right. And do you think when we choose our animals or find our animals or are chosen by our animals, however that connection works, that there's some kind of an agreement about how they're going to support us? And I mean that in the spiritual way, again, not in the sense of I need a barn cat to kill the mice. Yeah. Yeah. I always feel like it's like we don't always get what we want, but we get what we need. Right. (laughs) That's the part where especially when there is stuff going on that, of course, I work a lot with animals who show unexpected or undesired behaviors. 
And when we dive deeper into it, it usually is a reflection of what's going on also in the person's life. Sometimes it's about the animal itself, but there is also this part of, you know, I'm thinking especially of dogs because they often have some behavior that might outwardly be upsetting. But if we really look deeper into it, we realize, oh, it's an opportunity for me to stand up more or stand in my truth or set better boundaries. And the dog is just the vehicle to get there on our personal journey. Right. Or the cat or the horse. (laughs) I love it. No, it's really cool. Do you see differences between different species of animals about how they work and how they're here to serve? Or is it more individual animal soul? Uh, I would actually say it's more individual because, you know, it's interesting. I always notice that dogs being hunters, just like cats, right? They're both predators. They don't have as much in common as I would say cats and horses have, who seem to be like so at odds, but they're both a little more independent. You know, dogs have more of this, I'll do stuff for you. What do you want me to do? You know, they have this loyalty gene that horses and cats, you have to work harder for. And so I think that therefore, when I look at the animals, a lot of them, you know, have their own obviously their own journey, but then also their history plays a lot into it, right? Have they tried to talk and connect with humans and they were shut down again and again and again? Well, guess what? Then they show up differently and ask something very different from us as the new owner. And, you know, so many animals have been handed around, especially when it comes to horses and dogs, cats, not as often, I would say. You know, so the history kind of plays into it too a little bit where we now need to meet each other where each of us is and drop our expectations on both sides and say like, all right, so how can we two start a dialogue that becomes meaningful for both of us really? Do you think our animals try to communicate with us like on a daily basis? Like I always tell people we're all intuitive and your intuition is always talking to you or when people have lost a loved one, right? I always say like, you may be coming to me for my mediumship abilities, but that your deceased loved one is communicating with you every day. It's just about tuning in and allowing yourself to hear it. Do you feel it's the same way with animals? Do we all have some ability to communicate with them? Totally. And you know, I'm like the best proof because when I was young, I deeply connected with animals. I mean, I love them. I love them sometimes more than people without a question, but I did not speak telepathically. i just was with animals. And I think that is what we know as children, right? We can talk to the fairies in the woods or we talk to a tree or we talk to an animal. And um, then when we get domesticated and cultivate, you know, more our mind than our body and our intuition, we kind of separate ourselves from that intuition. And it is interesting. I just recently in March actually had this huge insight on how to teach people to come back to this innate knowing that we all have. Because in the past, I've given, and you were there for one of them, actually animal communication classes, and I didn't like them. Because the funny thing is when people want to tune into the telepathic part, they get so heady that they can't find (laughs) themselves out of it, right? right? You as a teacher of connecting people to their intuition, you can so relate. And so I had this beautiful download and I wrote in three weeks this book down that teaches people actually how 
to connect more innately as when we were younger. And that means, you know, we meet the animal, like I said earlier, in the present moment, because that's where animals live. They don't live in the past. They can be triggered into the past, but they don't live there. And they don't think of the future. They don't go like, oh, hopefully tomorrow the weather is better and we're going to go for a walk. They just are here. And we are always there or there, right? Past or future. Right. And so when we meet them in this moment where the animal and I are actually in the same space, literally, but also in the same expansion of the now where the mind is not totally in charge, then we have an opportunity to a speak to them. And I think the biggest piece we miss out on is talking to our animals. I know you are an amazing communicator verbally with your animals because we talk about it, right? To tell them, oh, we're moving. Oh, this is what happens next. Oh, you're going here or there. And when we do that and watch what our animal responds to, how they respond, and we're so present, then all of a sudden, also the intuitive part has space that, you know, it's always knocking. And all of a sudden you hear or see your dog or have a visual of some sort that goes, oh my God, I think he just told me that he wants to take a nap now or that he's missing his girlfriend from the playgroup or whatever. And that's how I think we need to ease ourselves back into it. We don't need to go like, I'm telepathic or I'm verbal or I'm physically adept to connect with my animal. I want this to be fluid for people because that's what you and I do every day, really, right? Right. Well, I tell people too, intuition comes from that place of surrender. It comes from that space. You get present and then it flows. But most of us are used to working with our mind. The mind is more active. I mean, yeah. intuition can be active in terms of, I always think of in terms of setting the container, but then it comes in and people aren't comfortable with the unknown, right? Because you can't, you know this, you can't start a session, an intuitive session, knowing what you want, right? You step into the space of unknown and the answers come. And I think people are not comfortable with that. They're not used to being present. And then, yeah, they have an idea of how it's supposed to be or what they're supposed to do. And they either fill in the blanks with their minds or they block it. Exactly. And that's such a good point because that's when once in a while there is a session when a person wants to connect to the animal and they want an answer, right? And they want to know, and the animal might take us on this totally different journey. And the person goes, oh my God, I had no idea that's possible. And in that moment, I think a lot of people learn to let go of that attachment of because also sometimes a person will, you know, you probably have that occasionally, you know, a person will try to test if we are really connected with the animal. And I don't have that a lot, but once in a blue moon, somebody says, I don't want to give too much away. And I go, okay, let's see where your animal takes us. And then all of a sudden we are down a whole different path. And the person goes, but I wanted to know why she always gets so grumpy when that neighbor comes over. And I'm like, not important to your animal. You know, right. that's not important. If you want that question answered, you need to ask that question directly because to your animal, that's not a big, <laughs> big part of his or her life. So, and the other part, then I always say to people, the more you engage with us, you know, it's a three-way conversation, it's the animal, it's you and me, the more you engage and you ask questions or give us your 
perspective, the deeper the animal wants to go, because now you two are talking and that's the fun part. You know, I just become the little translator, so to speak, but they start talking and the animal goes, oh, but I did this because I wanted to help you with this. And then the person goes, oh, but you don't need to be so helpful. And the animal says, oh, but I am purposeful when I do that for you. And boom, there is all of a sudden this great connection and insight that would not have happened if the person didn't get engaged. Right. Yeah. So it sounds like you're almost like an animal translator where you yeah. stand between and help people have that dialogue or maybe a, an animal's couples counselor. <laughs> yes. Oh, sometimes <laughs> that's exactly right. Yes. They sometimes say like, you're a relationship coach, Nicole. And I'm like, well, yeah, yeah. in a way. And I understand for skeptical people that they feel that, you know, I want proof that this person or this, this modality really works. And if I give someone too much information, you know, then I can't trust it. Yeah. And I understand that completely. But again, as someone who does intuitive readings and and all that good stuff also for my living, a lot of times too, we need you, we're getting the information, but we need your reaction. We need the context because if you could go a thousand ways with the information you're getting. And sometimes the guides give me very, very clear things that there's no way I could know them. And, you know, when I tell you, you're going to, you know, you get that look on your face, like, like what? Right. Exactly. (laughs) And that's, that's sometimes very helpful, especially for building that relationship in the beginning where people can trust that, you know, what I do is for reals. But I think of the work that I do as a conversation between my client and their higher self. And again, I'm the conduit to help them connect in and help them hear their own guidance. And I open every session reminding people, you know, I'm just the channel. I'm just the conduit. The wisdom and guidance that's coming through 99% is yours, right? Because you're now ready to hear it. And it sounds like you do the very same thing with our beautiful animal spirit. You know, and that's actually an interesting word you just said, ready to hear it. That is so fascinating because I can always tell how the animal responds or if the animal is a little shy or it's not as forthcoming, I can already feel the person might not be quite ready for this. And so the animal mirrors the level of comfort often, I find. You know, some people, they call up and they immediately go like, okay, so here's what happened. And I want to know what is her opinion or her insight on it, you know, referring to the animal. And boom, 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 we're into it. But I have animals who literally, when I, usually this is how I do it. I call up their photo on my screen. That's what I use as a focal point for myself. I sometimes can see actually the energy in the photo where I see, ooh, there's something going on in the hind end or we need to, you know, tune into something in the body that just pops off the screen for me. But when I do that and I get ready for my session, sometimes when I say hi, the animal goes, mm-mm, mm-mm, not talking yet. I'm waiting for Karen. <laughs> you know, they really don't even start talking until the owner's there. I remember this one beautiful boxer The photo was she was sitting cute with a ball by her feet. She looked very playful. And so I said hi to her and she gave me a visual of herself kind of hiding behind the woman's leg. Kind of like, I'm not coming out until my person says we're okay. So the photo doesn't give away what the dog is all about. It just is a focal point. You know, from the photo, you would expect it's like a very easygoing dog, but she was extremely shy. And this was the first time they were doing something like an animal communication session. And so 
it's very interesting. And the woman said, oh, she is very shy. But once the woman gave permission for the dog to speak, the dog got all blah, 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 which is so interesting. You know, their personalities. It's amazing. That is amazing. And they're all different, right? Yeah. All right. I have another question. I was going to ask you something else, but this is coming through. Do you believe in reincarnation and do our animals reincarnate and come back to us? Yeah, very interesting. Um, I believe in reincarnation because I have done, you know, past life journeys and a lot of things matched up for me. So I would say absolutely. And with animals, I do believe that they can choose to come back. What is interesting, though, is that a lot of animals who, when the owner said, oh, so my dog passed or my cat passed, will he or she come back? The animal often says, I will gladly be involved to help you find your next animal, but I will not come back as the one you know, because then you would not get to have the next experience that is also meant for you. And this goes back to the purpose, right? Where there is an animal. So I have several animals that have said in different variations, I was there for you when you needed me. You know, they would explain and they would share like, oh, during college and when you went through your challenges with finding a job and this new relationship and they would get into all the details and they're like, you don't need that anymore. I was your touchstone. So I wouldn't come back for that because you are in a whole nother life that now could be advanced by an animal that is different. Right. So in a way, to me, that is, again, such a higher understanding of the world than what we as humans, you know, we as humans, we want to keep it same, the same yeah. And we just miss them because they keep us connected to that past that they helped us through, so to speak. But the animal is much wiser and says, I'd rather either come back as a next generation of being, or I will find the one that is the best next for you. Right. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that wisdom. Yeah. All right. Now I'm going to ask you a personal question. Is that okay? Sure. So my cat from childhood, Whitey, I was four when I named him, so don't judge. (laughs) (laughs) It was white. Of course. (laughs) So was with me from the time I was four till my freshman year in college and was devoted to me. And God bless that cat. He was my boo-boo. When my kids were older, we had a cat appear in our yard. We named her Sage because she was very wise and she turned out to be pregnant and we took her in. And I am allergic to cats. Mm. Um, since my childhood. So we took her in and we, she had her kittens and I kept seeing Whitey around her, but I didn't think she was Whitey. And it was interesting because Whitey was a boy that had a lot of female energy, like the vet. We we actually took her to be spayed and found out that she needed to be neutered. Okay. <laughs> and the vets were surprised too, somehow, which I don't understand because that should have been really obvious um, <laughs> to a vet. That's but that, that's the story that I remember. Again, I was four. So maybe I don't remember it exactly right. But I'm feeling a lot of female energy. Anyway, one of Sage's kittens, I'm 100% sure was Whitey. Interesting. But we did not end up keeping the kittens because my kids were little and I just was a little bit worried. Like if the allergy got worse, I was like, I have too much on my plate. So we found them all homes, which we were not happy with all the homes. We found them. And so there's there was a little bit of sadness around that. We might make different choices now, but we all miss her. But I just wanted to know if you get any read on that. 
Yeah, actually, when you said, you know, Sage, immediately I noticed, I'm like, ooh, Whitey was watching though. And I immediately asked him just now, I'm like, so what were you watching? And he goes, right when you found these cats, you needed, he thinks, you needed to be connected back to that which you knew as a child. This goes right back to where we started with this conversation. It was almost, I feel your body was expanding in all these directions with the kids and you were almost not in your body as much as you were used to being in your body. And he was like, I'm going to bring you right back to this space. And that's why Sage walked into your backyard. Then the rest of the story unfolding, I'm actually going to, let me just see because Sage Sage is like, she's the one, you know, she's like, I was part of this. And I'm like, I know you were part of it. It wasn't just him. Oh, she definitely was. And she was very connected to everyone, especially my husband. Yeah. So she made this entrance into the family that almost like pulled everything back to that initial idea of we can connect to animals. And, and then the memories started to flood in for you and, you know, all this connection happened. And she says, it is okay that we didn't get to stay forever because we did our job. She says, we did our job connecting the, it's almost like, it feels to me like it brought you all this way when everything was a little stretched out, you know, into too many busynesses (laughs) and they kind of pulled the whole family together into this experience, um, which is probably, I wonder if your kids still remember or if there is actually positive memory of like having this miracle of babies and, you know, little kitties. And that's amazing. You know, it was amazing. Yeah. She had them in a closet and, uh, we socialized them and found them all homes. And and we've done it a couple more times uh, with a stray cat. We raised two litters of hers, but that Sage was special and those kitties were special. See, and Whitey goes, this is the thing. You got to pass that on to your kids too, because yeah. you had him and he was, he says, we had a very... He, he's funny. He says, at the beginning, she didn't even really know what, what we had because she was so young. She just thought the two of us were together. It's almost like you and him were, you know, this was so normal that you right. had him. And there was just like, it was like another, I mean, I don't want to call it, that's almost too anthropomorphizing, but you know, like the brother, but it was just for you, another family member type of thing. And your kids then for him to pass that on to the kids, you know, as Sage comes in, he's like, that was important. He's like, that was a really important piece to offer you and you then passing it on to your kids. I love it. I love that so much. That's interesting. Yeah. He thought he was very purposeful there. Oh, he was the best. All right. So he did come back through Sable. Mm. That was him. Yeah. Because I remember being sad about letting him go. And I remember him saying to me um, or her, because Sable was a girl, like, no, I just came to say hello. I didn't come to make you sad. There you go. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. And Sable was a black cat, but she shed like crazy, which Whitey, I still find Whitey hairs and things. I still like will open up something that was in my parents' house and <laughs> there will be one of his hairs. Oh my God. <laughs> know. Awesome. It's been a while. It's been a while. Just I'm a little older than 18 now and I've yeah. lived in many homes. Yeah. <laughs> this is the one that I had Whitey. Um, That's amazing. And you said something else that really resonated with me and it might resonate with some of our listeners too. When I was a kid, 
about presence. And, you know, Eckhart Tolle talks about animals too, as being one of their, their great gifts to us is when we spend time with animals, it brings us into the present because they're just here now. Yeah. But when I was a kid, I used to remember being with Whitey and the only way I can describe it is I would go into his space. Like I would just imagine I was going into his space and it was so nice. And I don't know, like my thinking was, I was just experiencing the world like a cat but I wonder now, like I was just, you know, I was just being with him. I think that's exactly right. You were in that world. That's kind of when you think about it, four years old, five years old, six years old. That's when we start developing the mind and the body and intuition is being, you know, because eventually parents will be like, okay, honey, that's your fantasy. That's, <laughs> you know, you're right. not living in a fantasy. You're living in the 3D world. And I think our society does not, understand how to manage this as a parallel. So for you, probably there were more and more demands on your left brain and you still sought out that right brain experience of, you know, being intuitive and creative and coming up with worlds that are just as real, just like dreams. You know, this can be so extremely real and so not interrupted by logic, but just felt and experienced. And a lot of times that's a lot of comfort, you know, for us also, because in that world where the animals live, life is just simpler, you know, it's still multifaceted and there are lots of layers to it, but it's simpler because we, we can feel our way through it rather than think our way through it. Oh, that's beautiful. All right. So I can't believe that we've already been talking as long as we have. And so I have to pick my remaining questions carefully. All right. Probably could have asked you this at the beginning, but I got to know now, how did you come to be doing what you're doing? You mentioned before that you didn't come from a background that really embraced all of this woo-woo stuff. So how did you find your way here? Yeah. So I, after a career in the corporate world in advertising, I still missed animals a lot. And uh, I'm originally from Germany. I came here as a young 22, 23-year-old, didn't really speak the language. And I ended up in this advertising business in New York City. And I couldn't really talk. You know, I kind of snuck my way into that apprenticeship, so to speak. And so what I had to do in meetings, I had to watch so that I could see what was going on. Is this person in a good mood and a bad mood? Are we having a problem? Is this a, something to celebrate? You know, what is going on? And then eventually I actually changed my career to become a director of a therapeutic horseback riding program where I worked with horses and people with disabilities. And of course, it benefited me a lot to know how to address somebody who can't speak as a person, right? Somebody with autism who doesn't know how to express themselves, somebody who is blind or can't hear or deaf. I mean, it didn't matter. It was such a great learning experience, learning the language myself that I now could relate to them. And then I noticed the horses were not really happy because we weren't really treating them like another fellow co-facilitator or a partner. It was a vehicle to get a benefit for a human. And that really rubbed me wrong. And so one day I was actually leading a horse. He nudged my hand and went like tap, tap. And I, oddly enough, and I just looked at him. I'm like, what's up? And he said, I could hear. He went, I'm done. 
And I automatically looked at my watch back then. We had still wristwatches. And I was looking at it and I'm like, oh, you got 10 more minutes. And, you know, tomorrow is your day off. So you'll be fine. And he went, <gasps> and he just kept on walking. And I went like, what just happened? This is wild. And why did I... Normally, a person would be like, knock it off. Don't touch me. Stay straight. You know, people don't like horses interacting while you're leading them. But I somehow, he took me by surprise and I just responded. And that had me so intrigued that I ended up learning more about animal communication and on and off, on and off. And then eventually, and, and it's funny, it's another horse that came to me and he was a rescue, so to speak. And he had he had me inspired to start a rescue for animals. And then after a few months, I realized, wow, I couldn't, capacity-wise, I couldn't handle it because I could feel how much he needed and what he needed. And I'm like, if I had 20 of those, I would lose my mind. And that's when I realized, you know what, if I learn from animals and then teach people what to do and how to interact, we would have a fewer animals go to a rescue or shelter, and those that come out of a rescue and shelter would be not returned because the people would learn how to really communicate with the animal. And so that's really how it all started. And so I now do classes where I teach people tips how to make your new dog's entry into your family easier for all of you. And so that's where I teach people how to better communicate with them or people come and, you know, do a session with me over the phone, like we talked about, where they learn more directly what their specific animal wants. But my goal is that we just educate us and ourselves more to the level of where the animals are at so that we have meaningful communication and conversations and nobody gets left behind, really. Love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. Last question. How do you experience your intuition? I take in most, because I'm a writer, I take most in through words. So I, when I ask something, I see a sentence, sometimes literally like a little message in front of my mind's eye, or I hear the words. I get visuals. I rarely smell anything. Like, so the olfactory is not really my thing. Or, you know, the other thing, I have a very big knowing in my body. So if I tune into an animal that is stressed, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, my stomach is like <laughs> all grumbly right. or butterflies or whatnot. So there, I would say those are the four different ones that I am most tuned into. And I have to say, sometimes it's really also the animal. It's not just about me, but some animals just rather talk, others show rather visuals or give me a sensation. So it's kind of interesting. It's really a partnership, you know, when we do these communications. That's amazing. Mm. Nicole, thank you so much. I'm so glad we finally got to do this. I know. This was awesome. I could go on all day. We might have to play again. It was great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Before we wrap up, can you please tell listeners how they can find you, how they can work with you and what that would look like? Absolutely. Yes. So my website is mindful-connections.com. And so I have actually, for anybody who's intrigued by this, I have a 15-minute free meet and greet call where people can sign up and just kind of learn more about what I do and share a little bit about their animal and see if we're a good match. And I do mostly phone sessions. Uh, I do very few house calls because that 
just limits us, you know, because I live in Southern Vermont and how far can I drive? <laughs> um, but that's the best way. And then send me a little note through my website, sign up for the newsletter if you like. And yeah, and I'm usually really good at getting back to people. That's like important for me to really have this connection also between us, you know, the people, not just with the animal. Absolutely. And you feel that when you're working with Nicole. And of course, we'll have all this information in the show notes too. So look for it there. A link to your book if that's out and ready to go. Well, I have two books on my website that I have written that are great, Pet Logic and Horse Logic. The new one is in like third, fourth draft. So I hope by the end of this year, I have it together. Perfect. Any parting words, any last thing that you'd love listeners to know about their animals and communicating with them? Yeah, I would say the one thing is know that your animal is talking to you every day, all day long. So if they look at you and you go, what is going on? What do you want from me? I don't get it. You know, ask them, just say like, what do you want? Show me what is going on. And then watch, they might just go like, she's listening or he's listening. And then just watch them and see, they might take you somewhere, they walk off or they, you know, might actually all of a sudden send you a quick thought just by you saying, what do you need? What do you want? I think the biggest part is to understand that they want to meet you every day, you know, in their space. And if you join them there, guess what? You're going to have amazing conversations. That's amazing. Nicole, thank you again so much. This was amazing. Thanks for everybody for tuning in. And if you're in the Facebook group, Intuitive Connection Community, you will most likely catch when this episode goes live, another little live conversation between Nicole and I, because I'm going to invite you back. So I hope you will join me then. And so if you want to interact there, and if you can't wait that long, you know where to find Nicole. So thanks everyone for tuning in and namaste. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you found joy, strength, inspiration, and clarity from today's episode. If you'd like to learn more and connect with an amazing group of like-minded souls, please join us over on Facebook in the Intuitive Connection Community Facebook group, where we explore these topics in deeper detail, have additional live teachings, and host Facebook Lives with our amazing guests. I hope to see you there. And of course, if you want to learn more about me or the work that I do, please check out my webpage, victoriashawintuitive.com. Thank you so much again and namaste. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.